0: All right, hello guys, and welcome back to the Tesla Community Channel. Uh, today we've got uh, myself, Claude, Julian, and our guest today is Brad. He's a medical doctor from LA. And um, before we jump into the subject matter of uh, general safety around Tesla vehicles and road uh, traffic safety control, uh, with a, sort of a medical twist to it, to understand to understand things in a little bit more depth. Uh, we're just going to give you guys a quick intro, and uh, and then we'll uh, introduce you to Brad. So yes, like I was saying, my name's Claude Nelson. I'm a father of five in the UK, London, and um, uh, um, and I'm just happy to just uh, join up here with with Julian to create this channel so that we can uh, help basically promote the conversations, beneficial conversations around Tesla-related topics, and uh, and yeah. Um, We've, we've got a, another really cool conversation ahead of us for you guys so julian
1: yes thank you yeah so i'm julian from germany and uh, yeah i'm a tesla owner of a model 3 and also you know, a huge fan of the overall mission and also i've been a shareholder since 2017 and yeah i'm really happy to have you guys here today and uh, you know, sharing insights and uh, thoughts about Tesla and all the related um, issues. Awesome. So Brad, and
0: Brad, tell us about yourself.
2: Hi, thanks for having me on. My name is Brad Goldberg. I'm a pediatric emergency physician practicing in the Los Angeles area. I've been a Tesla enthusiast since probably around the time I graduated medical school in 2013 and 14 and have been following with you know such interest and curiosity with the transition to electric vehicles driver safety autonomous driving and uh just happy to be here with you guys today and talk a little bit about some of the safety and medical aspects
0: awesome awesome and um to to just to, to lay the scene out for you guys we're going to be discussing certain uh critical components around um uh, uh, um, especially getting Brad's opinion about, from a medical perspective, on uh, um, uh, road collision uh, injuries and things. Um, and uh, to 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 kick off um, um, before we well before we dive into that, I just want to sort of share a, a bit of a, a bit of a story that kind of delves into um, my conviction to to order a Tesla. Uh, this is basically going back uh, two, two years or so. To a point where I was really just starting to think, starting to follow the whole scene and to to start gathering gathering more information about Tesla, and just to um, having this this growing realization that well, ten or twenty years from now, I might sort of think back to the time when I had the opportunity to sure, it's an expensive vehicle, but to really sort of strive to sort of see if I could get a hold of a vehicle that had such a high standard of safety, and having young kids. Uh, made me sort of feel a bit like, okay, I don't want to look back at this this time when I had an opportunity to significantly upgrade the tra- the safety factor of the transportation of my young family, and and have not taken the opportunity to to do something about it, especially when this technology is sort of almost suddenly has become available to to the world essentially, and uh, uh, um, part of that conviction for me goes back to. Uh, 2002, when I was myself involved in a very serious road uh, traffic collision in Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, and uh, sort of, I, I, I was extremely lucky to come away from that. I mean, we can go into, we'll, we're probably going to, we can go into as much detail, that, uh, uh, much detail as you guys like on that as well. But uh, in this instance here, to to kind of kick off some questions for you, Brad, um we're keen to just in, initially just understand your overall opinion of gen, your overall general opinion up to this point about road uh, road uh, collision uh, injuries and you know the results and we'd love to we'd love to hear your your stories really as to as to the various severities and and you know and just you know anything you you'd like to share about it.
2: Sure. Um, so, I I think people have, you know, sort of a vision of what it, it's like to be in a road accident, whether it's from personal experience, from a friend. A lot of people, you know, know just know what they know from watching TV shows, and I think uh, there's a lot of unknown to the public about what happens after a road accident in the hospital, behind the scenes in the medical field, and for that person, you know, going forward over months or their lifetime. It's not just a uh, acute injury in the more severe accidents. It's often lifetime injuries that people have to live with. Um, And I think that's the part that for the, I'd say that's the part that most people don't think of is that for a lot of people, who experience a severe road accident in a motor vehicle, there's lifetime consequences, uh, to that event. It's not just the, the acute injury. Um, when you go to the hospital the first time, um, if it's helpful, I can talk a little bit about to kind of, you know, set the stage, what kind of like the physics of a road accident on the body and what the body goes through. And I think that might, um, Stimulate some further conversation and, and questions. Yeah, awesome. yeah sure. So, this will be a little bit science and nerdy, but I think if you're, you know, joining us on this podcast, these are the things that we like to talk about. So,
0: absolutely. Um, there's, yes.
2: There's multiple collisions happen when uh, a X and a motor vehicle crash happens. So, the first thing that happens, right, is your car a moving object or even stationary if you get hit uh, while stopped. So for the sake of conversation, you're moving in a car, your car gets struck by another object, whether it's another moving vehicle or a stationary object. So the very first thing that happens is your vehicle collides with another object and starts to decelerate and uh, deform. So, car hits object that is the first collision the second collision that happens is the human body you hit the car so whether it's a side impact and you're hitting the door or uh hitting the door beam or it's a frontal impact and you're hitting the steering wheel or the airbag um that's the second collision that happens there's a third collision that happens is when your body starts to decelerate because it's now hit part of the car your internal organs then hit the walls of the inside of the body so your um your heart the major blood vessels that leave the heart your lungs those all go colliding into the chest wall um things move they get stretched they can tear Uh, And that's where a lot of the real significant injuries happen. Hole in the lungs, a torn blood vessel coming out of the heart, uh, uh, your abdominal um, bowel rupturing, liver lacerations, meaning your liver basically just has a huge cut through it, uh, splenic laceration, your spleen opening up, bladder kind of exploding, for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word, and broken bones, of course. And most importantly, your brain. Your brain actually um, is semi-suspended inside the skull and has room to move around. So your brain will hit the inside of the skull, leading to various degrees of injury. And then lastly is um, projectiles in the crash. So that could be glass hitting you, pieces of metal, plastic, or burns from fire and uh, flammables. So, uh, it's not just a, you know, car crashes and it's, it's one accident. It's multiple collisions that happen involving the human body. And that's how we approach it from a medical perspective when trying to understand the injuries that have happened to someone. Um, so I think that's a good starting point for understanding what happens in a motor vehicle accident. And we think about all of those pieces of information and the mechanics of the crash that is described to us when approaching someone to treat them.
0: I see. I see. That makes so much sense. I, I'm, I'm very happy to talk about my own experience in that regard. Uh, Coming sure. Going back to 2002, so uh, my my incident involved a T bone, right? So I, I was at a traffic light which didn't have those little green arrows. You know, just the light just changes, and you have to try and find a way, but. Given sort of a lot of uh, uh, um, what do they call them occlusions eh? and the, the curvature of the road and the, and the and the sort of a hill coming up around the other the other side, uh, y- y- there's a there's a point that comes when the light changes red and you you kind of you have to go because you sat in the middle of the intersection and I was the vehicle in the front of the queue that were were, were sort of in the intersection so there's this. One, two, sometimes three vehicles that have to go when the light turns red. So you don't have a choice; you have to get you have to clear the intersection for the other traffic direction. And as I started to clear it, there was a vehicle travelling at about uh, 140 kilometers per hour. That's about 70, 75 in like a 40 zone, you know. So they they could they weren't able to stop. I mean, they did hit their brakes, but it was a full on T-bone. I had a passenger. So so the, so the fir- as you say, the first collision was, was the side was a sideways thing. Um, I was lucky enough to have ordered the side impact bars to this vehicle. It was a, it was a brand new, um, I think it was a brand new VW polo classic or something, you know, back then it was a nice car, you know, uh, I'm sure things have moved on a bit since then, but for me at the time it was a, it was only, it was only like a six month old vehicle, you know, and, and, uh, uh. Uh, that first collision was that okay, which which caused the, the car to kind of tumble over to the side of the road. As you say, this one of the one of the secondary collisions was my passenger and my and I, our heads kind of <laughs> collided basically because of the side-on impact, right? And um, to this day, I kind of think of it as a, a semi fortunate in the sense that the collision on the side of the head, yeah, sure, it broke my. My jaw in like three places, and I broke a bunch of teeth and I was like really like crazy stuff, you know, but it didn't injure my neck and spine and my 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 brain, right and as you say from the well, the way you check things in the hospital i I do recall kind of waking up there in the hospital, and the first thing one of the first things they do is they rush you through to, to for, for um for uh for x rays. <laughs> I remember saying to the guys, "Probably a CAT scan. You don't... probably
2: had a CAT scan.
0: All of yes, yes, and I just remember the X ray table distinctly as a point where because the air will lift you onto another board and they have to turn you right. Okay. And I had multiple fractures right on the on the left side of my body right from all of those uh, 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 um, as you say resulting collisions. And I just remember saying to the guys, "Please don't turn me." <laughs> And of course, they have to turn you, and it's very painful. They get the they get all of the critical information that they need before they can start treating you, so they can understand whether there's a serious brain injury or there's something serious that they need to uh, uh, operate on and stuff. So it makes a lot of sense to me now about how you're diagnosing things from a medical and ho- or from a from a, yeah from a med- medical perspective, um, and, and how you kind of compartmentalizing each component that you need to address. And it, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's yeah, a
2: trauma. Trauma is very protocolized. Um, a lot of what we learned has been taken from uh, diff- various militaries and we have a protocol. Every patient goes through A, B, C, D, E, like airway breathing, circulation, deformity, you know, and so on. So everyone goes through the same exact protocol, rolling you, moving you um, to make sure that we're not missing injuries. Um, you wouldn't believe the stories. Someone comes in after an accident. And if you don't go through those things religiously, you know, you'll end up finding out 20 minutes later, oh, wait, they have a hole, you know, in their back. That is something we really need to know about that maybe wasn't picked up initially. So yeah. the first like 15 minutes is like rapid fire and then getting them over to what you described, getting the cat scan and x-rays and uh, take it from there.
0: Right. Right. It makes a lot of and sense. It must've
2: been a pretty frightening experience for you. I mean, yeah, right. Because yeah. you lose that control. Suddenly you're in our, in our house for lack of a better term term. Right. And you know, you're just kind of being told what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I, you know, it's scary. It's scary for patients. I work with kids and for kids, especially, you know, who might be separated from a parent. Um,
0: yeah, it yeah. Be quite frightening. Yeah. And that, that, yeah, that, that brings scary. us. Sorry, you said. Again?
1: Uh, I just said uh, that must be really scary for the children, right? Being in yeah. an accident and then being separated and in this environment of a hospital and people are doing their things like soldiers. Uh, you know, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, and,
0: and that, that incidentally, is one of the topics we, topics we want to want to talk to you about, Brad. Coming from a pediatric uh, perspective as well, is is the impact on 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 children who are involved in these uh, incidents? Um, and, and yeah, sure, yeah, you, uh, I totally agree. We can talk from a from experience from a, a from a sort of an adult's perspective. I I certainly recall. Um, being very glad about the morphine, <laughs> you know, uh, the, you know um, uh, um, being being kind of put out of that pain, you know, and, and just sort of, the, uh, um, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing that, that that happens in the hospitals where they 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 tend they address your pain, uh, uh, and uh, at least that it puts you in a, it puts you in a space where you can actually think about the situation. You know what I mean? It's uh, uh, and uh, almost and and almost detach yourself from from the severity of the situation as a patient. uh, um, I I recall thinking about. I I distinctly recall thinking about um, sort of waking up and thinking, well, I don't remember going home, right? I don't remember um, having dinner, and I don't remember uh, going to bed last night. But here I am waking up in the morning, you know, and, and yeah, that, Mm that, that, that's orientation and yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a huge shock. The initial shock is, 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 is significant. Um, but, um, and I'd imagine
2: you were probably working through a concussion as well, just based on how severe your accident sounded. I would imagine you probably had a concussion
0: yeah yeah exactly I, I think i spent i spent a few days in i c u and then i spent a few weeks in the hospital and i just ended up sort of sitting on a wheelchair in my house for about two or three months you know and then kind of onto the crutches and this and that incidentally is comes onto the to you know the, the yeah the initial impact very fu- sudden very fast the the actions in the hospital the treatment the the whole uh the, the, the protocols that everybody's following but then of course the secondary effect the long-term recovery, and in many, well, and it's probably a significant number of incidents. The the lack of recovery, you know, the 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 lifelong things that people have to kind of put up with. For me, one of the one of my fractures was a hip uh, fracture, and uh, or, or I don't know what they, you know, they got the of the hip structure, the two bones uh, that the form, pel- form pel- pelvic fracture, it. pelvis uh, fracture, pelvic pelvic fracture, uh, which. Which was, for me, it was fortunate enough that it was a, a fairly clean fracture and it didn't require any, this is why I say it was very lucky, it was it, it didn't require any surgery. But uh, I am aware that probably at some point in the not-so-distant future, I'm probably going to need a new shoulder and I'm probably going to need a new hip, you know, because uh, uh, especially when it gets cold here in the UK, uh, I feel it in the shoulder and the hip. And, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, so that, and that, that, that kind of comes on to the, the long-term, uh, the long-term effects, uh, of, of road accident, uh, or, 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 road, uh, collisions. And, um, and we're keen to, 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 to ask you for your elaboration on, on, on sort of, from your perspective, the long-term effects, um, uh, for for adults, but also um, and probably more importantly for children, um, from, a, from as you say again from a pediatrics perspective. Sure. Yeah, I I mean, tell us about be, that. Brad.
2: It can be extremely variable. Some people, you know, are incredibly lucky and walk away with you know scrapes and bruises. Um, and for you know people, I would say the vast majority of crashes where people are appropriately restrained using the proper seatbelt proper you know seating um they tend to walk away with minor injuries and not stay in the hospital but you know there's a lot of variables that go into that like whether you're restrained if you're sitting in the proper seat for your age you know lots of issues with children you know maybe not in an appropriate car or booster seat or sitting in the wrong seat for their age yeah, um, if, if it's a side-on area, collision. <laughs> yeah, the type of collision, the speed. And, you know, I can't yeah. stress, you know, how um, important the speed is. So yeah. um, the energy in a collision is proportioned to the square of the velocity, right? So like energy equals half the mass times velocity squared with energy being joules. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you are in, say, I took some notes here, and I did it in kilometers, so uh, yeah. the international audience uh, can relate. So if you double your speed from 50 to 100 kilometers, because it's the square of the velocity, you're actually increasing the energy in the collision by a factor of four. So right. it's, not lin- it's not linear. So for every, you know, extra five to 10 miles an hour you drive at, you are significantly increasing your risk. So the speed limits are the speed limits for a reason, Um, based on the types of roads, um, the safety uh, devices, like that might be on those roads, guardrails, et cetera. So uh, every extra kilometer or mile per, per hour you're putting into the collision Is uh, significant increases in the energy. So I think that's like an important variable. Um, And then there's just luck, you know, there's uh, luck, you know, what kind of car you happen to be driving, what safety Mm -hmm. features that car has. Certainly Mm -hmm. not all cars are um, built the same and have the same safety standards. And I'm sure we'll get into that a lot. Um, But what that means for people, After an accident, some people walk away, but a lot of people do not. Uh, A lot of people, you know, might have uh, similar experiences to you where they have to stay in the hospital for monitoring for a period of time. They may need specialist consultations. I'm sure you were seeing the orthopedic surgeons about your bone injuries um, and uh, what we call the oral maxillofacial surgeons uh, for your jaw fracture or plastic surgery. And uh, some people have even more severe injuries where they have brain bleeds, uh, brain swelling, uh, spine, uh, spinal cord uh, damage. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And those people can be in the hospital for days, weeks, months uh, sometimes um, to the point where, you know, you are, you know, you have your brain dead, essentially, and on a ventilator. And uh, it's the spectrum. Some people are in the hospital like you are for a period of time, but they're not ready to go home. They can't go home. They need a lot of support and rehabilitation. So uh, a lot of folks will go to um, what we call uh, acute rehab, where you leave the hospital and go immediately to a rehabilitation uh, facility where you might learn to walk again, learn how to eat again, Mm -hmm. Um, what we call your activities of daily living like the things Mm. that you do throughout your day to be productive and live um, uh, a a happy life so uh, some people need to learn how to do those things all over again I'm not Mm. too familiar with the international statistics but I would think in most uh, countries uh, it's quite similar to what we see in the Mm. United States for a country of our size we see about two and a half to three million traffic accidents a year in the emergency departments. Um, And when you look at the cost of those emergency department visits, those hospitalizations, and then you factor in, you know, time missed from work um, services, those people may need uh, for months, years, or the rest of their life. uh, Estimates are about $75 billion per year. In um, cost to society, essentially, for um, these types of road injuries.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just read a sorry. Yeah. I just read a statistics, uh, some statistics about it uh, by the uh, World Health Organization that it costs up to uh, you know, around three percent of the gross domestic product for some countries. Just the amount of injuries that are happening in uh, these countries and uh wow. to me that's yeah, it's, uh, in, actually insane and um yeah and uh,
2: it's I, another another point too that you know to to borrow some of you know elon's uh terminology it does seem like we've approached a local maximum in terms of um our ability to reduce um, road injuries and deaths if you look at the u.s data um, it's kind of it's been coming down, but we've kind of started to uh, plateau off. And, and, you know, there has been an uptick in the past two years and there's so many different variables that go into like the, that Ask like these little changes year to year, but um, there's only so much engineering that you're going to be able to design into a car that people can afford um, in terms of safety mechanisms. And when I, Talk about design and safety mechanisms. I mean, the physical things—the um, crumple zones, the deformation of the car, uh, the seatbelt design, right? Yeah. You know, the seatbelt design. We it's assumed it's a good thing. We expect in a high speed vehicle accident that the seatbelt is going to break your clavicle, your um, uh, uh, bone right here across your shoulder. Like that's assumed. Mm. And we're like, okay, well, that's how some of that energy gets dissipated. We're going to just break that bone in an accident. Um, right. So traffic related deaths has kind of, um, uh, plateaued. And, uh, I think we're at a point where, you know, we spend lots of money, you know, on, uh, traffic education, speeding, drinking and driving under the influence. Um, but the amount of effort we're putting in now doesn't seem to be getting the same returns that we've had in past decades.
1: Exactly. So uh, that's a great way to uh, start off uh, talking more about the safety uh, idea of Tesla and uh, the measures that they are taking. And one thing I'd like to show off for that, uh, I'll just be sharing my screen right now. Uh, By the Mm -hmm. way, hello, uh, Fazat. uh, Fazat for...
0: Yeah, shout out to Fazat
1: Uh, Great that you're here. Okay, so uh, yeah, the here's can you see the picture?
0: Yeah, yes, we got
1: it. Yeah, so this is uh, with the giga castings, right? So uh, usually on the left, you can see it's uh, there are 70 pieces of metal with a uh, rear underbody, or there used to be, and now uh, it's moving towards having two pieces of metal. And eventually, it has even one single piece. And this will also be happening in the front, right? And that's uh, going to apply for Model 3 as well as the Y, and I'm sure for the other vehicles as well. I mean, except for the Cybertruck, which has an exoskeleton. Um, So what are your thoughts on that, Brad, from uh, your perspective uh, in terms of injuries?
0: Mm, And and comparisons.
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't know offhand. I will say I was extremely impressed with seeing the uh, during AI Day where they showed their um, their model for basically predicting the deformation and forces in a, a in a vehicle collision, and they overlaid it with the actual collision uh, during the uh, car safety test, and you could see it kind of lining up almost one, one, uh, one for one as it went which is incredible. I don't remember the statistic, but I think they said there was a few million degrees of freedom in that model in terms of uh, predicting how the car would uh, deform. So mm-hmm. what I would say to that is I'm sure they have, they have looked at how the, the gigacasting performs to the uh, multiple stamp pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, from the medical field, from in injury prevention, what we care about is uh, a few things we care about intrusion into the passenger compartment. We don't want any pieces moving into the passenger compartment where it's going to collide with you or an impinge on you, right? So you don't want a motor, you know, coming into the passenger wow. compartment. You don't want the, you know, uh, cooling system, the the, uh, the uh, oc- octa valve, right, flying into the uh, into the passenger compartment so that's one thing and then the second thing we care about is distribution of forces so we care about uh uh the amount of energy when the collision happens you don't want all of the energy to be dissipated over you know a microsecond you want as much time to dissipate those forces and decelerate the collision um so i I can't speak to how different the Giga casting is. Maybe there's some info you guys have on that, but uh, I, I suspect that they've, you know, done their due diligence and looked at the models. Um, I'm not an, enough of an engineer to know if a one one piece would perform better necessarily than uh, multiple stamp pieces.
0: I think one thing that stands out there is, is from well, from 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 watching a lot of. Uh... Uh, sandy monroe's teardowns uh as well especially just seeing the, the 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 internal structure of those giga castings um one of the things that st- stood out to me was the, how how the, they've been using basically been using ai to 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 um distribute forces with the internal integrated struts that are sort of almost it almost seems alien-like in the way it, in, in 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 when you see the inside of the giga casting and the way those struts are sort of integrated in there and you can just you can almost visualize how they are acting like a rib cage you know protecting the internal organs from an external uh, collision uh, and they're like mimicking a sort of nature's way of of, of designing a protective casing as such and uh um, uh, yeah, that, 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 um, that stood out to, in, in my mind as well, just like you say, just sort of gathering what information we, uh, we can from, from, yeah, shout out to Sandy Monroe and, and, and all the, and all the guys that, uh, that look at these things in such detail. Um, it, it just makes a lot of sense. I just, uh, like I was saying earlier, I just remember, I mean, I just remember sitting at the desk, um, ordering the vehicle that ended up in the collision. Uh, and it sort of it was almost a throwaway comment from the salesperson to say, "Would you like side impact bars?" And it's going to be an extra two or three thousand rand, right? Which uh, conversion, you know, uh, fi- uh, um, uh, currency conversion um, at the time for me was a significant extra expense. But I was thinking, well, I'm sure. buying a new car. What the heck? Just put the, a few extra bell- bells and whistles on top. And as it turned out. If I hadn't had those side impact bars, I am not really sure I would be here. You know, it, it might have been one of those uh, uh, situations, and that is sort of a uh, um, primitive compared to the advancement in the design on the on the on a Tesla vehicle, and it must surely pay play a significant role and the reason why they are scoring so highly in, 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 uh, in, in safety standards from various, uh, institutions. Um, and, uh, yeah. yeah and uh, the,
2: the, the safety bars that you mentioned, that goes back to like the thing, the things I care about, that's one intrusion into the vehicle, right? Cause with that side impact, um, you know, without those bars, the side of that, that car is essentially, you know, the door, right. Which is, a you know, what, 10, uh, not even a few millimeters of steel. And then the plastic, uh, the plastic inserts. Um, yeah, exactly.
0: So it, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah.
2: And, you know, when, when someone comes to the hospital, but the, the questions we ask the paramedics and people, firefighters that were there, we ask, um, do we know how fast they were going and what happened? Did they self extricate, meaning did the people get out of the car on their own? Right. Did they need, if, if not, did they have to use, um, we call it in the States, I don't know if it's universal, the jaws of life.
0: It's it like is universal. A giant
2: saw that pulls the car open. Yeah. We asked, did the yeah. airbags deploy? And we asked, uh, was there intrusion into the passenger compartment? Meaning if they can estimate how much inches or feet of deformation there was into the passenger compartment. Because once again, that goes to help us understand how much energy was in the collision and what the physics were to try and um, predict the injury patterns that we might see.
0: Right. And as you say, with, with children, generally, if, if they if there are children involved in a, in a, in a, collision, well, they're most likely going to be on the back seat. So it makes a lot of sense about how, s- critically you guys want to know about any as you say intrusions uh into the back seat uh and uh, i mean i i had a i had a plastic uh um toolbox in the boot of my car in the trunk and um i learned some weeks later uh uh you know my, my father went to have a look at the look at the wreck and he he you got a hold of the pieces of this plastic toolbox from the, the trunk of the vehicle. So that 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 comes back to your point about having seatbelts um in place and the way objects can be thrown around inside of uh, inside of the vehicle. And um yeah uh it's a uh, it's a uh, it's kind of just, it's, it's just it adds to the adds to the um the wake up call. Um, that, that I kind of felt a few years ago in terms of, well, if you have this opportunity to do something really upgrade the safety for you, for your younger kids, then maybe consider it, you know, you know, more, more seriously than, 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 you know.
2: Yeah. And you you mentioned the, uh, tissue box. Um, uh, I'll keep giving, I feel like I'd be a bad, uh, injury, injury prevention, uh, advocate if I didn't mention these things as we go. Uh, something people don't think about is in sedans uh, that have behind the rear seats. If you have a little shelf behind behind the re- uh, rear windscreen in the rear seats, sometimes people will put stuff up there, like a tissue box or um, whatever, a water bottle. Those yeah, things yeah. become uh, missiles. Yeah, uh, in, and, uh, in different uh, like frontal and rear collisions. Same thing with the front dash. If you have heavy Um, objects not secured down all of those things you know even a tissue box at you know 100 120 kilometers an hour that suddenly um, decelerates over the course of you know a couple of feet that thing is flying and that will hurt or cause injury when it hits someone in the back of a head particularly you know small children
1: right right yeah Uh, one thing you're based in LA right so that's where most Teslas are on the roads. Uh, did you see over the, the you know, recent years some change, or is there anything noticeable with regards to Tesla vehicles and accidents that they are in?
2: It's a good question, and you know, I, I, you know, preparing to talk to you guys today, I was like, ah, I really wish I asked more often, you know, the make, the make of the vehicles uh, when people. Uh, get into collisions not because it would necessarily change anything but for my own for my own interest um i you know as popular as they are i don't think it's widespread enough yet where i've personally have noticed a difference in the day-to-day uh in the work that i do in the hospital but certainly i know people that have stories um uh everyone has a story about the um the safety measures kicking in uh, uh, especially on the highway with like lane incursions and, mm. and those types of things. Um, so I know plenty of people that have stories, but when you look at the overall like population and, and relative to the amount of Tesla owners, I I, I don't think it's widespread enough where I'm starting to notice a difference yet, but uh, it's coming.
0: Right. All right. Well, that, that that, 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 um, one of the things we'd like to do in this conversation is give a shout out to Wham Bam Tesla Cam. Um, yeah. um, I'm, I'm yeah, we're sure keen yeah, we to, to, to have it's a, a great, few, it's a great name, couple, yeah, it's an awesome name. I mean, uh, um, uh, um, <laughs> it's an, an amazing channel, really. Uh, uh um, the, yeah. uh, the footage they have, but yeah, we, we've we got a few clips that we want to have a look at, and maybe we can talk about those as well,
1: yes. Yeah, so, uh, maybe to, just for the uh, audience who uh, doesn't know what uh, WebM Tesla Cam is. So it's a YouTube channel and they're uh, asking people to send in uh, recorded videos. For, you know, Usually, you know, these dash cam uh, recordings, but every Tesla car has uh, different cameras in various places around the car. And you can plug in and use a USB stick and then they're recording. Um, in case of you know, an uh, accident. And you know, mm. you can stand in these uh, accidents or these avoidances of accidents, and they'll just display them alongside with some uh, story how it came into uh, existence. So here's one example. the Autopilot wasn't engaged, but the Tesla's collision avoidance systems engaged the brakes and steering just uh, enough to avoid a collision. So now the mm. car is activated, the car Go swerves ahead. away, and now...
0: You know, took a swift action to, right.
1: Yeah. So the right. Uh, pe- person who sent it in says, uh, he, he says it w- was like a professional driver took over for a split second. And I think that's like all you can ask for in that situation where you're suddenly confronted with a stopped vehicle on the road while you're driving, I don't know, <laughs> 70 miles yeah, an incredible. hour so, yeah
2: we've got
0: another you know, uh, one here it's incredible yeah and and that that probably leads to one of the one of the one of the challenges at the moment hey is it's is like what a lot of the guys keep talking about as well is that you won't hear about these um i mean other than great channels like Wham bam tesla cam you you're not necessarily it, this information isn't going to reach you in the hospital because the, situa- the, the situation was avoided for at least for for um, for those Teslas, you know. But sorry, you, you were saying, Julian. Yeah, here's another one.
1: Yeah, I, I think th- this was just uh, footage of some uh, other accident. We can skip the, right. that one. But, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, just to illustrate the point that uh, if the idea of Tesla safety is not just around the hardware. Because obviously these weren't uh, only hardware-related issues, but you know, taking action before something happens. So using the um, you know autopilot, which is relying on uh, vision, you know, seeing things like a human can, but much faster with a uh, much more reaction time. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. a much less reaction time that way around. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what are your thoughts on that, Brad?
2: Yeah, it's incredible. I you know I watch all those videos. Uh, myself, just in pure fascination. And I, I get the, you know, I get the chest pain, like watching the video. Um, uh, Cause I, I realize, you know, everyone's had scary experiences on the road yeah. and you immediately start to relate to, Oh, I've been in a situation like that. You know, it's hard to predict, you know, what these drivers would have done without those um, software safety measures in place. But I think mm-hmm. it's a fair assumption for, a lot of those accidents um, you're either not going to be able to avoid it and you're going to collide or you may get out of that collision, but it's going to be by pure luck. Right. So when looking at that first video, um, when looking at that first video where they uh, suddenly had to stop and then swerve to the left, you know, Unfortunately, when humans are driving on the highway or road, a lot of times your brain's on autopilot, right? Like you might be um, taking a phone call. You might be just listening to the radio and zoned out, you know, and your vision is focused this way uh, and you're kind of just going with the flow. So then to suddenly be presented with a sudden deceleration in front of you, what's the next thing that happens, right? Well, you have the option to swerve, right? So mm-hmm. what's your concern if you're swerving? What's going on in the lane next to you, right? So right. in that video, you know, without being there and without knowing the measurements, I could pretty say with a lot of confidence that you do not have enough time to check your mirror, check your blind spot, and then decide to swerve, right? You're either you're just gonna do it blindly. The thing is, the car. Already knows what's going on in the lane next to it, right? The car doesn't have to be like, "Oh, I need to check my exactly. my lane." It knows, right? Because yeah. it's got vision all around. Um, and when when you stack the you know the human the human autopilot to the car, it's just um, it's not comparable.
0: It makes sense. And there are how many guys uh, who who have FSD beta uh, at least um, uh, initially? were making comments in their uh, videos about so many instances where the car beeped, and they weren't sure why it was beeping. But that was most likely it had seen something that they hadn't seen because it was constantly looking at 360 vision um, at everything around it, including stuff from behind. I think uh, there was another excellent video where the guy's got his – Uh, and and, i'm sorry i can't remember whose video it was but the 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 guy's in in the lane and for some reason his car kind of moved to the side and then he realized a large bus or lorry uh, or or truck had kind of come up next to him in the in the in the the lane next to him and the car was kind of just making a little bit of extra room (laughs) for for the for the bus sort of thing so the the car is ability to not just see everything but to, as you say brad to to think about it and to be like 100 percent sober and clear and focused for the whole drive there's no like we go into our kind of autopilot as you say where we kind of you might you might think to yourself i don't remember the last six traffic lights i hope i didn't go through a red one you know, because you were in sort of autopilot, slowing down or speeding up, etc. Uh, and uh, now, now you've got this sort of this three hundred and sixty thing. Um, I'm I'm amazed, uh, and uh, at how, how many how many of the guys out there try to try to shortlist all of the uh, beneficial features in Tesla's, and how that list just seems to explode. <laughs> you know, when when they try to kind of uh, um, highlight them because there's so many highlights about uh, and just about safety features alone that it's just it's like it's ten of these conversations in a sort of <laughs> scratch the surface, you know. But uh, I need mean to understand also from from your perspective, Julian, because and you know, I I don't I don't own a Tesla yet. You know, I've got one on order, and I'm 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 trying to be as patient as I can. Potential delivery for sort the of first half next year, you know, but. Um, super, super jealous about everyone who's got a Tesla. and uh, But uh, tell me from your experience as well, Julian, you know, having owned a Tesla now for some time and having, probably having owned, I don't know how many other vehicles uh, besides tel- Teslas you owned for before that. But what kind of a comparisons jump up, in, well, what kind of comparisons jump up in your mind uh, in terms of safety differences? Yeah, so in a comparison?
1: Obviously, uh, obviously- uh, safety was a huge uh, consideration. Uh, I have a, a young family, and uh, you know, I just want to have them in the safest vehicle possible. And so, uh, as I was interested in Tesla before, um, you know, I already knew about their safety approach. Uh, but then, you know, when it came to you know having uh, you know, or needing to buy a new car because the old one was constantly uh, you know, uh, in the maintenance and. Uh, yeah, It was just time uh, to get a new one. Uh, I researched uh, various uh, car brands and to see how they're performing. And, of course, uh, Tesla popped up over and over again uh, in the top ranks. And uh, so it was kind of a no-brainer to do this. And actually, uh, within the first week of uh, me driving on the on-ramp uh, on the Autobahn, uh, th- there was already a situation where some vehicle kind of swerved into my lane and the autopilot automatically... <laughs> you know, swerved away from uh, the other vehicle. So uh, it was already worth it, like, in the first week. Uh, I don't know what might have happened if I had been in the old uh, ICE vehicle. And uh, I was really glad. It it was kind of uh, strange to see in the first seconds because, uh, you know, the um, steering wheel just moved on its own against my force. Uh, but I wasn't really aware of that because the car was in my blind spot, right? I'm not looking mm-hmm. into my blind spot when I'm going uh, just straight ahead on the Autobahn. So uh, that was amazing already. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, seeing more and more about uh, the Giga casting. So I got a Model 3, uh, 20, uh, late 2020 model from uh, Fremont in California. So this does not have uh, the s- structural sorry the giga casting or, or the structural uh, battery pack which is also a safety feature uh, regarding the hardware side but uh you know once the kids grow older and we might need a b- bigger car we'll certainly upgrade to a berlin made model uh, y with uh, your giga castings and a structural uh, battery pack and yeah so that's obviously one uh, safety consideration i think claude you got uh, a similar story but you don't have a, an x yet right
0: yes yes uh, yeah i i i'm i don't, i don't quite uh i actually i actually but i've i've been an enthusiast for a few years now and um yeah i'm i'm gonna uh, w- um i think i think um we were talking about this a few episodes ago and we were saying yeah around i think around episode fifty two <laughs> i'm hoping to to take delivery of somewhere thereabouts and then we can talk all about it but um yeah um that, that that actually just just that raises an interesting point though that you were saying that you at first you didn't realize what it was doing and 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 i wonder how many people might feel if they if they're not prepared for that they might think oh no it's malfunctioning right when it's kind of swerving away for no immediately apparent reason um and then if you and then you kind of notice it afterwards it's like uh you're catching up to the fact that the car saw something, uh, well before you. But well, was aware of something well before you were. That 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 brings that also brings to mind another, um, shout out to Chuck Cook. One of his one of his videos, he was doing that that really hazardous left turn, that he that he that he's been doing so often, and at one point, uh, the 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 car was was the 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 opposite um, road was uh, uh, occluded by another vehicle that was waiting to turn just behind him and his car had seen that it was clear to go but he hadn't quite seen that it was clear to go yet at that point he was trusting the vehicle which made a very safe uh, entry into the into the into the road and um it just you know this there's these There are these amazing little nuggets that are being dropped all over the place about um the inevitability of of this as being kind of the the future of transport and you know um and, and we're only but, seeing yeah.
2: a fraction of these clips right because the enthusiasts are the ones that are gonna go and download the video and upload it to a relevant website and say, "Wow, look what happened i I would imagine the majority of people are not doing that like. Oh, I have to get the video and upload it. Why would I do that? Right. People have busy lives and only the real enthusiasts are, are, are gonna yeah. make that effort. So I think for yes. every you know video we're seeing, there has to be, you know, so many more that just never get viewed, or you know, they probably get viewed back at Tesla somewhere. Um yeah. which is another fascinating um, aspect of the company. But when when it comes down to it, you know, the the amount of distractions in the vehicle, and there's lots of, you know, medical and and um, lots of research around this. The amount of distractions in the vehicle is not decreasing, right? It's only increasing. Every alert on your phone, every different app that's trying to vie for your attention, um, the incessant need to text message people, um, and when I drive around L.A., and I'm sure you probably see similarly locally by you, but around L.A. Every time I pull up to a light, I'm just like looking over left, right. Um, everyone's on their phone. Even and what yeah. drives me crazy is, you know, I don't, I don't have a nice car right now. Um, I put a little aftermarket CarPlay unit in the car. Um, but what drives me crazy too is some people are driving really nice cars in LA, and they're still they have the phone like this to their mouth, <laughs> which I, you know, I don't get at all. But. Um, it comes back to, you know, people like, oh, well, I'm at a red light. What does it really matter? Right. Yeah. Well, it, it does matter because there's this idea of object permanence. So when humans develop, um, I'm not a general pediatrician anymore. So I forget the actual age that this happens sometime, maybe just before a year old or about then the brain develops object permanence. That means when you like, say push a pen off the edge of a table prior to the development of that part of the brain's ability, you just, that pen just ceases to exist. Right. After you develop that ability, you're like, Oh, that thing's still there, but it's, you know, it fell down, It's down it down fell down. Thing. Same thing when like the parent leaves the room of a crying child. Right. I know they're still there. Um, I just can't see them. Yeah. So same yeah. thing when you're in a red light, the brain has, A certain amount of ability to look around it see things that are moving behind um uh uh, other objects and obscured from your vision and ability well to track those things say well i know there's two people over there behind the car because i saw them walking that way i know the dog is over there now it's behind that tree i can't see it anymore when you're Mm -hmm. on a phone or distracted to the light you're no longer tracking those objects Mm -hmm. you're just waiting for that light to turn green So you don't know what other uh, objects and what their vectors are and where they're moving to when you suddenly hit the gas. Um, And, you know, those distractions are not going away. They're only going to get worse. Um, The ability of law enforcement and penalties to kind of curb that and even features built into the phones is not really helping, in my opinion. And when you look at the FSD beta um, screen visualizations, and you see at a light how many objects the car is tracking, it's tracking their vectors. And they've explained, the AI team has explained that the car has object permanence, which is incredible. So when that object disappears behind an obscured object, the car still knows it's there, right? It mm-hmm. knows people were walking behind that car. They might be pop. popping, when they moved behind that car, their vector was going this way at X meters per second those people are potentially going to pop out from the other side of the car that's incredible and to there's no there's no way the human brain can can compete with that and from a safety perspective it's incredible
0: and 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 it's a it's a it's that sort of there's a psychological aspect to it of of, um um like um um i see um uh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, in, in, the, in the comments there, he just mentioned something. And so, sorry for mispronouncing your name, Joe, but yeah, I totally, totally get what you're saying there about you saying just this morning, yeah, I, um, just this, just this afternoon, I kind of beeped at a, a lorry that I just sort of ran in, uh, sort of into the road without sort of checking for oncoming traffic. And the guy just pulled a face at me. And it's like, like Joe, you're saying there that the guy, you know, um, that he got angry and <laughs> rude. Uh, yeah, the bus a- driver was,
1: was constantly texting. Texting, right? He's responsible for carrying, I don't know, thirty people around, and uh, texting. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So and, uh, and and yeah, how how many of us must be constantly witnessing, um, significantly, sort of, rude and 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 often dangerous uh, uh, behavior uh, uh, and and you know the um, removing that removing the psychological component of, of, of let's call it human error you know uh, uh, to, to to be kind <laughs> yeah. uh, from from the equation and, and putting in, in place of that uh, a, a, a cold calculated sober uh, uh, um, set of software uh, it's it's just it just becomes a bit of a no-brainer in terms of the the level of safety that that is that is uh going to be demonstrated over and over and over again by these vehicles now obviously yeah there are there are some there are stories of teslas that are involved in collisions um but but they they that you know like and so many of us so many uh, stories are, are hyped up around that to to you know, uh, punt the the whole FUD uh, drive against Tesla and that sort of thing.
1: Uh, generating clicks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, I think uh, shout out to I Dan did, O'Dowd Dr. who tried to have a real was... go. <laughs> had to have a real go at Tesla and is now, you know. Probably going to ask. Or the to last one about
2: the window recall, which was just a software <laughs> update, right?
0: Our software over-the-air updates, and yeah, can tell you we,
2: we were not we were not seeing an epidemic of people's fingers getting caught in windows in the hospital. We the thing the was thing. not something that we saw. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: were, and, 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 and along those lines as well, Brad. We were talking about this in our last episode with with with, with Jennifer and Joy. Uh, um, Joyce uh, Joy mentioned she's been on uh, FSD beta for some time. So, and we were saying, yeah, all, what is it about 160,000 people now running around with FSD beta where they sh- there should, be fires everywhere. There should be people lying in the streets. There should be cars bursting into flames and, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's that's really not the case. Uh, and, right. uh, you know, when, when, when you try and consider a number like 160,000 vehicles on the roads, um. Uh, 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 with the ability to drive themselves, essentially, um, it's, it, it kind of hits home a bit more, you know, uh, it, it brings home the realization that this, this, this isn't such a futuristic ideal. This is actually something that is significantly here. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, and it's-
2: I, I get excited thinking about, you know, once this becomes, you know, widespread, um, what that means for healthcare and medicine uh in the public i think yeah. when you think about that's what really excites me you know to give you some perspective yeah tell us you know um when just motor vehicle accidents are so um entrenched into the operating of the medical system that i you know we you know i think for the general public to hear it um is really uh Interesting. So every day, multiple times a day, we get, you know, phone calls from EMS, from the emergency medical services or fire or whoever. And they alert us that, you know, there's been a motor vehicle collision. They describe what's known, how many victims, how long it's going to take them to get there, a little bit about what's going on with them. Very short info. And then based on that limited data, we have to decide, how serious it sounds, and how much resources we want in the emergency department when they get there. So, throughout the United States and internationally, there's trauma centers, hospitals who are accredited to deal with varying degrees of trauma, and we mm. put out trauma alerts as soon as we get these calls. Um, a trauma alert means paging or getting a hold of anywhere between maybe 15 and 30 people and letting them know over like a pager, which is another uh, funny side note, letting them know what's coming and what the ETA estimated time of arrival is. So everyone has 15 minutes to get ready for that. So we drop it, whatever we're doing. So if I was about to sew someone's face or, you know, pop a joint back into place or whatever, stop what we're doing and we all go there and kind of prepare for what's coming. And once they get there, we might be dealing with uh, stabilizing, resuscitating, taking care of that person for, you know, another 45 minutes to an hour and a half to kind of figure out, are they going to the operating room? Did we stabilize them enough? Are they going to the ICU, making sure we're treating any life-threatening injuries and, Mm -hmm. Every the whole department goes on hold while that's happening. The surgeons get pulled away from what they're doing because the trauma mm-hmm. surgeons come. The orthopedic mm-hmm. surgeons get pulled away from what they're doing because they have to be there. The neurosurgeon mm-hmm. gets pulled away from what they're doing so they can be there. And this happens multiple times a day. And right. in the United States, the cost of doing that, the fee that the hospital charges, the insurance companies or the um, the government sponsored health plans. Anywhere from eight to thirty thousand dollars just to activate that team, wow. not for any of the medical stuff that takes place, just to get everyone there and ready to go. And like I said, that's multiple times a day. Um, yeah, yeah. So what would what would hospitals look like? What would their capacity be? What would be our bandwidth for taking care of uh, other sick and injured people if we could drastically eliminate? the amount of um, time and resource that we put into just motor vehicle accidents. And I think that's what gets me excited because as it is, um, hospitals all over the world are, are, you know, always operating at 110% with limited, you know, capacity. We saw, um, we saw a lot of this put to the test during the past few years, obviously. And uh, that, that's what excites me. And the amount of, you know, research that could be put into, you know, other areas as well. Um, The amount of money that the governments could spend, you know, on other things rather than, you know, trying to reduce traffic injury and death due to whatever texting, drinking, um, stupidity, road racing, which is a big thing in Southern California. Racing is a big deal out here. Um, So, yeah, that's what gets me excited because Mm. that um, is an exciting future, I think.
0: I was going to say, Brad. On that on that note, would you would you hazard to guess uh, or an est- estimate the ratio between the the volume of road traffic uh, accident uh, um, uh, calls, say, either in your hospital uh, that you uh, uh, versus other uh, non road uh, collision uh, calls, you know, um. What what kind of a, what kind of a percentage would you what comes to mind?
2: Yeah, it's hard to give an exact percentage, but I would say, for example, you know, where, where my department where I work, our emergency department is a quite a, it's a large one, and we are a trauma center. We could see currently between two hundred eighty and three hundred fifty patients a day, right. uh, In our department, um, we see somewhere around one hundred thousand patients a year. But in that day, a handful, a handful, usually single digits might be motor vehicle accidents. However, um, the amount of resources that can go into a motor vehicle accident is just so significant. Like what I described, calling out that trauma activation, everyone dropping what they're doing to go be there ready for when that person arrives and what transpires over the next hour. That is... That, you know, if you have four doctors and a handful of nurses and support staff all pulled into that situation for an hour, everything else grinds to a halt. Right. So even though they might be not a large proportion of what we're seeing every day, um, they're hugely significant uh, in in uh, uh, our resource allocation. Because, you know, we, but, get, we I can't walk variable, away from it? that. Yeah. When when yeah. we're in a trauma, there's no like, ah, I'm going to go see what's going on somewhere else when we're in the first, you know, 30 minutes of it. Whereas, you know, not that other patients get less attention, but obviously if someone, you know, has a dog bite that needs to be sewn up and the bleeding's controlled, you can walk away from that for 10 minutes if something else needs your attention. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. These patients are so sick and injured. Um, and there's so much that has to happen in the first 60 minutes that even though they are a minority of what we see every day, um, the amount of resource strain it is, is uh, incredible.
0: Makes sense. It makes sense. It's, it's, the, it's like you've been explaining. The,
2: the operating room has to you know go to a hold where they need to suddenly reserve a room and have people ready in case we make the call 10 minutes in. Okay, this right. person needs to go to the operating room. Well, what if Johnny was supposed to have his elbow fixed, you know, at three o'clock? Well, you know what? Johnny's elbow is going to wait, you know, another, uh, you know, a couple hours or the next day. Um, and that yeah. leads to people getting what we call bumped, meaning whatever procedure they were going to have gets delayed. If you were next online for the CAT scanner, well, guess what? The trauma patient now gets the CAT scanner. Um, so there's a lot of downstream effect uh, when that happens. Because suddenly this person shows up and they take priority over everything.
0: Right. So, so the significance is in the, the the level of disruption to to general function of the hospital being because of that that variable of, of, of and, and the, the number of questions you need to answer after first hearing about an incident. It, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um uh my wife my wife uh, did a bit of hCA work at a at a local hospital just over weekends uh, uh, sort of over the last few years and uh, she described the crash trolley and, <laughs> and how if someone's hit the button in one of the rooms that uh everyone almost a, a large chunk of the staff complement have to rush to get the crash trolley to that room and they're sort of taken off of everything else that they're busy doing and it's sort of, if someone is, you know, if there's a, if there's someone that's a, that says there's a cardiac arrest or something, then a significant yeah. number of people need to be, stay involved in the situation. It makes a lot of sense.
2: I love that term, crash uh, trolley. I want to the start. Crash they call We call it. We call it the crash cart. But I, I'm <laughs> going to start calling it a trolley. I think that's going to throw my coworkers yeah. for a loop. I like yeah, it. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, and and it's it's literally a trolley yeah? it's full of lots of expensive equipment um i think my wife once described how the the trolley because it's such a mad rush to 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 get the the, the trolley to the, the, to the to the to the to the the source of the incident um that it it um she described that once it accidentally was toppled over you know and oh, like, wow. yeah, it's a, it's just such a it's such a yeah it's just a such a uh, a, a flurry of of activity, uh, all of a sudden. So I can I can picture on my mind how you're describing you, uh, getting a call from a, from a from a a, a, tra- a traffic collision and and uh, how everybody is just sort of um, kind of rushing to battle stations sort of thing. So it makes a lot of sense that uh, and yeah, the, uh, the the cost must be so staggering just to just to maintain that. So.
2: And then, you know, the other thing we didn't touch on, too, is just, you know, the costs to individuals. So with, you know, significant reduction of traffic accidents, we're going to see reductions. Hopefully we will see we should see reductions in insurance premiums, mm-hmm. um, the uh, traffic accidents um, and the injuries associated with them are not an insignificant um
0: not at all. Yeah, uh, not yes.
2: insignificant uh, cost to the insurance carriers. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, that would be hopefully money seen saved in insurance premiums. Whether or not the insurance companies do what they should do is, you know, another question. But yeah. um, in, in yeah. theory, the cost to the individual and society should be um, reduced. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would be, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. You were saying, Julian.
1: On that uh, that tangent, uh, you know, when we ordered the Model 3, um, I, I, of course, we have some uh, insurance premium on that. But uh, after a year, because the insurance companies got more and more data on Tesla vehicles in Germany, they had to lower <laughs> the premium already because they were seeing, okay, not that many accidents for Tesla drivers. So that was nice saving a couple of hundred Extraordinary.
0: euros. Extraordinary. Now, I can vouch the point you were saying just now, Brad, about, the significant cost to the individual involved in, 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 a, in a traffic collision as well uh, for me personally it was a basically a case of sure you, you you're going to sign up with a lawyer and you're going to you're going to in South Africa we call it the road accident fund you know which is the the the, the government fund that 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 um, pays out to people who've been involved in accidents when they obviously when they haven't been proved to be at fault you know and that kind of thing but that process, at least in South Africa, it's several years uh, it, before it concludes, and and during that time, especially the first several months after a collision, like like mine, where my vehicle was written off, uh, it, it, I had that kind of uh, insurance structure that 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 paid like sort of eighty, I think about eighty percent of the value of the vehicle, so I was lumped with the remainder plus medical bills and mm-hmm. uh, despite having medical aid and things, which doesn't always cover you and uh, it was, it was Correct. extremely crippling. I found it extremely crippling, uh, um, for several years following that. And, uh, I, I totally, I totally agree with you that the, the significance, uh, to individuals and to insurance carriers and, um, and, and, uh, how astonishing it is to consider the possibility that that could be drastically reduced by having the right yeah. vehicles on the road, essentially. Yeah. So, medical yeah.
2: debt is uh, crippling. It's crippling for lots and lots of people. Uh, the yeah. costs are not insignificant. You know, even if you have what you think is good insurance that, you know, I can't speak to the other countries, but in the States, if you think you have good insurance, you know they the insurance company might pay a large chunk of the initial costs but um you know say you need rehab you know they might not yes. pay for rehab right say you need some fancy uh orthopedic or mobility devices they might not pay for that right um so it, it's definitely far from a perfect system and when there's, you know, traffic accidents or, you know, they're tragic because you know they're unexpected, they're usually unavoidable, you know. Um, whereas like some health conditions, people may, you know, see coming and you may have the ability to do lifestyle changes to improve your situation. Yeah. Not always, not always, but you know, traffic accidents are those ones that you know people just cross their fingers and hope never happens. And you know, if it happens to you, it's. Um, you know, like with your experience, it could be terrible. And, you know, that changes people's life, you know, physically, mentally, financially.
0: Yeah, exactly. Literally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Talking about the uh, company of Tesla uh, with the uh, regards to the recent AI Day 2 event, um, I actually can't believe that I'm asking this, but it is a potential future. Uh, so how do you see the Tesla bot? Uh, you know, we, we've just seen a basic prototype doing <laughs> very uh, easy tasks, uh, nearly falling down. Uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, with regards to how this might help in the uh, medical um, environment? Um, yeah,
0: yeah with, with things like potential reduction in, in repetitive injuries to, 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 the, to the human labor force.
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. in the hospital as as, a work needs to be done too
2: yeah yeah it's a it's a good question you know we have some hospitals do have um first attempts at using um robotics and and ai type stuff i know there's some hospitals that have little bots that you know wheel around and they have medication drawers built into them so they can bring a medication to a unit to a nurse and kind of open their drawer and dispense things. You know, there's no doubt that technology and um, artificial intelligence have huge, um, huge implications in reducing medical error, um, uh, medication errors, all those types of things. I've yeah. seen, um, I've seen technology uh, demoed. I don't use it. We don't use it currently, but that can essentially when someone checks into emergency to A&E, uh, if that patient has a history at the hospital, can, it can open their chart, You know, look at their current vital signs, what's been written, look back at their entire medical history, and then with some degree of probability, without knowing anything else, without an exam, without anything, predicting the likelihood that that person's gonna be admitted to the hospital that day. Um, so th- those types of things are coming but I do push back in medicine a little bit and, you know, there is a huge humanistic component to medicine and your relationship with patients and that yeah. bond. And yeah. um, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it would be, it'd be a particularly cold place if it all went, you know, um, robotic. robotic, but you know, there, <laughs> there, there, there is, there is a role, there is a role for those types of things like lots of heavy lifting yeah. uh, lift, 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 assist, Uh, Those types of things where getting mechanical advantage uh, would be um, hugely important. Trying to think of other really repetitive tasks. Oh, restocking. Yeah. You know, we have these huge stock rooms that we are constantly Mm -hmm. pulling things from. And a lot of it's already very, um, uh, it has has the right components for automation. So, you know, Mm -hmm. every... Has its bin, it has a barcode on it for stocking purposes. So, I yeah. that's an example. I could see like uh, a bot, you know, constantly knowing what the inventory levels are, restocking things, go get things for you. That That's a constant thing. You're in a room, Decre- and you're about, you're about, I'm about to do a procedure, and I go, Oh, you know what? I forgot, I forgot X, Y, or Z. Right. And sometimes you're already in a position where you cannot walk out of the room. Oh, yeah. So then you feel terrible. Then you have to bother a nurse or bother a tech or someone to go get it for you, and you always feel really bad when you have to do that. That would be a yeah. great thing if I could just hit a button and you know the bot comes in and I could say you know get me this suture material, get me you know this forceps or something. That would be cool. like the
0: the, like the, cra- the crash trolley should be automated. <laughs> right, and the, the crash, crash, crash trolley can just yeah, come you know,
2: automatically to where yeah, you need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: trash trolley. <laughs> With we episode. use
2: mechanical advantage. You know, we have um, CPR devices. It's nicknamed yeah. the thumper, which delivers yeah, yeah. mechanical compressions yeah. um, on a patient. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, there, there, of course, there's lots of um, areas that I think that kind of tech, um, real-world AI has a real, um, will have a real niche.
0: Yeah, uh, in, in the hospital, it touches on an interesting point about. Uh, how I think many many people have concerns about AI and robotics and things taking over their jobs, uh, um, taking away their livelihoods in a sense. But I, I I also like to 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 view it probably fairly optimistically in in the sense that um, it could actually support a, a richer uh, human interaction. And a good example I'd like to use is, again, just talking about my wife's experience working in the hospital as, as a healthcare assistant. Um, um, she, she actually really enjoyed spending time with uh, uh, um, elderly patients who were basically not going to be leaving the hospital, basically, you know, and uh, uh, um, uh, who, who's, who's next of kin were either far away or busy or, or you know or not able to 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 be there and to to be more supported to them um, with my with with healthcare assistance type of work where they have like you say a lot of um, packing jobs a lot of sort of um, stock inventory taking and uh, you know a lot of parts of their roles that 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 could be uh, uh, supplemented by robotics and AI could it could give them a, a significant advantage to. To enrich the the experience for the patient, from from as you say, a human to human uh, interaction, uh, uh, buying them more time to 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 give a better service to to uh, to the patients makes a lot of sense. And and I I'd I'd, I'd so love for
2: in in, in home caregivers.
0: Yeah, yeah. If they if they people being able to
2: maintain their independence is is huge. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Hey. And yeah, so yeah, nice, nice little twist on AI there, and yeah, okay, mind-blowing future, yeah. But yeah, you were saying, Julian? Uh,
1: just uh, curious. Getting away from uh, all the topics we just talked about, uh, maybe to wrap up the conversation, uh, Brad, sure. What else gets you excited uh, about you know life about you know, uh, potentially being uh, in a world where uh, things we just discussed uh come into fruition and uh, yeah so what, what are your
0: yeah, on that? yeah and, and and also to add to that sorry brad what what kind of what kind of advice um would, would you like to to give to the general audience uh again coming from your perspective from from your medical background from your experiences and uh and uh yeah yeah we, we we'd be keen to share that with everybody
2: Yeah. Um, you know, from we're talking about motor vehicle collisions today, and I really I, I can't stress enough, you know, uh the responsibility you have when you take a vehicle out on a road. Um, you're driving around a multi-ton, you know, weapon, essentially. Um, and it's a huge responsibility, not just, you know, for you and your occupants, but for people in other vehicles, pedestrians. Um, I'd say, you know, wear your seatbelt properly. We see terrible injuries from wearing a seatbelt, but not wearing it properly, you know, taking it off or wearing the, um, lap belt too high over your abdomen, um, and not over your pelvic bones. Um, so wear a seatbelt. If you have children, please, 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 please make sure that you're using a, uh, a car seat that's appropriate for their age. Check the car seat; they do get recalled from time to time. Um, so make sure your car seat's not recalled, especially if it's a hand-me-down. Um, Little-known thing: after you are in a car accident, the car seat should be replaced, even if there's no like visible damage to it. Um, there could be their development of like fault lines and um, uh, kind of uh, sh- strength degradation of the car seat material. So even if you're in a car seat and the car seat seems fine, uh, it very likely needs to be replaced. If you're in the United States and you have questions about is your car seat installed properly or have questions about it, a lot of the local fire departments actually allow you to come there and they'll check it out for you. Um, And then the last kind of two things are speed. You know, everyone's in a rush, but like we talked about earlier, just adding a couple of miles per hour or kilometers per hour to your speed um, increases the energy and the risk of injury tremendously. So if the argument's like, oh, I'm only going 10 10 miles an hour over, that 10 miles per hour can very well be the difference between life and death. Um, And then the last thing, obviously, is about driving impaired. So, I mean, that kind of goes without saying, but it's still a major issue that we see regularly is accidents related to driving impaired, whether it's alcohol, you know, illicit or recreational uh, drugs. Um, And, you know, driving impaired is not just, you know, uh, substances, it's sleep. A lot of people are sleep deprived Mm -hmm. and going on Mm -hmm. little sleep. Doctors are notorious for falling asleep, driving on the way home from work. Um, And it's plagued. you know, the medical, community for decades amongst trainees who have to work 30 hours straight in the hospital and then it's like, oh now you can drive home. Well, you wouldn't tell any other human to do that but um, I think those are kind of my safety takeaways. You only get one body, take care of it. when you're out in the public roads, there's a lot of responsibility. Um, take it seriously. But to the part, part of the question I liked is what gets me you know kind of excited? I'm excited to have my time back. I mean, I live in LA and everyone knows the, um, uh, you know, the sayings about LA and the traffic here. It's not great. It's pretty bad. Um, I'm excited to have my time back where I could, you know, clear my inbox and take care of my emails in the car. I could, you know, shut my eyes for 30 minutes and, you know, uh, get a nap in, which is, you know, crucial. Uh, Napping is important uh, when you work uh, long hour jobs. Um, uh, You can look at the interesting data on napping uh, in the medical literature. It's uh, fascinating. A little nap could be uh, very impactful. Um, And I I think my ability to kind of travel and go on trips would be um, greatly improved by quality of life in general. You know, if I get off after an overnight at work, all I want to do is I want to get home and I want to get some sleep in. But if I could, you know, lay down in the car and have it start to take me somewhere, that's going to be my weekend and not have to think about, you know, the five, six hour drive, that would be, that would be fantastic. Um, So that's one of the things I'm most excited about is kind of getting my time back and being able to, you know, shut my, my brain off for however many minutes or hours a day of commute that is. Um, yeah, I'm excited to hear what uh, what you both have to say to that.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I I share enthusiasm on on just the just the idea of being able to get that time back that you spend in the commute. It's almost like you almost I, I'd almost I wouldn't mind being stuck in traffic if the vehicle is taking care of the journey, and I'm I can turn my attention to to uh, as you say emails or, or or having or taking a power nap. Uh, and avoiding their stress of, of trying to negotiate with angry fellow commuters and traffic jams and near miss situations, you know, uh, you know, and and illegal or dangerous behavior on the road and uh, to, to to win back that peace of mind. And to, as some people have already been describing from, from an FSD beta perspective, being able to um, eliminate a large portion of of heavy mental concentration on a long journey of several hours and actually arrive refreshed at your destination, as opposed to what we all know all too well as being something of an exhaustion. Even if it's like a family holiday, uh, you need a kind of recover for a day just from your journey so i i totally share that enthusiasm um, um i think um, um like family and friends that i know kind of we have we have various debates about um me being maybe a bit crazy thinking that that a car driving by itself is a, is a good idea <laughs> you know and that's just touches on uh, sort of like we say general public public opinion Um, another thing that we we, we're really keen to reach out to and to uh to help um be to help promote mutual education around what's realistic i really i i i love the idea that elon's putting forward to say you know if you're not breaking the laws of physics then you're in the realm of possibility and uh that's i just find that so refreshing to think about to say yeah you know um something's possible uh, it's being proven in, right in front of our eyes uh, it's it's um it, it's 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 not it's not pie in the sky it's actually it's actually a viable solution and okay. uh, yeah I'm, I'm 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 thrilled about that. but yeah um yeah uh, julian what, what 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 would you want to say about that
1: Yeah, referring what you said uh, with regards to safety, of course, uh, that's awesome in Tesla vehicles, um, but also getting time back and being refreshed. Uh, When I had the trip to Giga Berlin, uh, I drove there for the opening ceremony and um, I I usually, you know, uh, my work or my commute is, is five minutes by bike. So uh, I'm not used to drive long distances. But as Claude was just saying, I was really refreshed and relaxed. And on the next day, I drove back. It's 400 kilometers uh, one way and the other way as well. And uh, when I used to do a similar trip, just half of it, and even not that much um, of a distance, uh, I was so tired already. But then I did that in my uh, Model 3, and it was like nothing. Uh, I was so fresh. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, and, and so it, it, uh, I see what we're also saying. Uh, it is in the set of possible outcomes that um, Tesla is playing a crucial role in you know, accelerating uh, the world's transition towards uh, sustainable energy. And I, I think that's what gives me like uh, kind of hope, or um, you know, not really hope, but uh, kind of assurance if they are able to deliver on what they are uh, thinking about. It really pushes the... Uh, yeah, the possibility that uh, you know, the future might be much more optimistic instead of, you know, before I knew about Tesla, I, I, you know, there were already people aware that there needs to be a change, but you saw all the legacy automakers, for example, you know, not doing anything about it except for you know, uh, put, putting out some uh, basic crappy EV that they just do for uh, you know, catering to the government. And now it, it really seems likely and we can see this on all the um, major brands choosing uh, to go electric or at least partially. And uh, this really shows me that it is possible to transition towards uh, that sustainable energy. And that's why we are also starting uh, this channel and you know, making, you know, contributing whatever we can as, uh, you know, two fathers. Uh, I don't know if you got uh, kids bred, but okay but you know uh, just furthering uh, human civilization as a whole and taking part in that and doing whatever we can to have a share in that so that's uh, what I think is really inspiring and that's why we are uh, always uh, loving to have people like you who are uh, you know, experts in their field uh, talking about their perspectives and seeing how it might uh, actually affect the world uh, as such I mean we're here in London uh, you know, Germany and LA it's that's globalization right it's we're uh, humanity as as a whole it's uh expanding the whole globe, and that's really inspiring to me
2: like it's coming it's it's coming we're getting there you know I think for the people who just you know tune in after a news story or they see a clip online they just see a snapshot. We've been seeing this evolve you know since um two thousand whatever ten eleven twelve mm-hmm. um and you see the progress and speed that um This has happened. Um, you just where I work, uh, I wish I wish you could see it actually. Uh, I've been working in the same place for about a little over five years now. And since I've started, they've outfitted the first two levels of the parking garage with you know level two destination chargers, um, half of which are, are Tesla um uh chargers. And uh it when you pull into the garage on the first two levels now. It looks like a Tesla commercial. Every <laughs> single stall is a Tesla vehicle um, uh, in the uh, in the physician uh, lot. And you know, I don't know. Some people argue physicians make terrible, you know, financial mistakes and and whatnot. But I, I do that. Joking aside, I do think um, you know that's a testament to you know what's what's coming. And you see it around L.A. when you pull into these uh, lots, and you just everywhere you look is uh, a Tesla vehicle. So um, it's coming. <laughs> that, that, that's my takeaway. Uh, so if funny. you don't see it now, you will see it in the coming years, uh, wherever you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's such a, it's such a, it's such a lovely thought to be thinking that like, especially uh, all the, all the parents out there, you know, ha- ha- being kind of um, um, brought into the realization that, uh, your children could be just about to enter a, a significantly better world uh, and 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 there's i don't think there's there's many feelings um uh, as 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 great as as as, as, as um, realizing that you know your kids could actually have a great future ahead of them and it's something that's really worth fighting for it's worth um striving towards it's it's worth promoting these conversations you know it's it's worth getting involved um and yeah it's yeah just um Brad it's been it's been it's been a super pleasure catching up with you i i i, I hope we i hope we get to uh progress this conversation again at some point especially Definitely as we observe these various changes the um the the ever increase of rolling out of these amazing vehicles um the tesla bots you know the uh, the advent of ai um uh, um and uh, um uh, sustainable energy you know it's such an exciting uh, uh, prospect that seems that seems a lot closer than the horizon even at this point <laughs> but yeah um yeah i think i think that's great guys so what a what a lovely conversation so much appreciate that
2: yeah, yeah. thanks for having me i look forward to reporting back after i trade my by- uh model Bottle x in for a uh, uh a cyber truck that i have on order and i can give you some more first hand account oh my
0: god that would be so funny that, that that's got to, that's got to happen we, we, we'd love to we'd love to catch up about that so yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, we, we, uh, um i suppose yeah they should be starting production and deliveries um Next relatively year. soon i suppose hey yeah Hopefully. Ah, pass, uh, another another reason another super exciting <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, my
2: uh, my I, current I, car has been on life support. Uh, I've been keeping it on life support, just holding out for uh, okay. side of the truck. So hopefully not too much longer.
0: Awesome! Right. Awesome! Thank you. Nice one. Well, excellent stuff, guys. Yo, um, right, guys. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That concludes our 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 episode uh, six with Brad. And yeah, uh, thanks everybody for for hanging around. And uh, um, we'll uh, we'll 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 see you on the next one.
1: Yeah. And thank you for those who uh, were contributing uh, comments on YouTube. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, excellent comments, guys.
2: Okay.
1: Yep.